for checking into the Home Free Widow series. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Today, our guest is actually a guest host, because I have Kate on the show today. Hi, guys. So excited to be here. I am very excited to have you on. Yes. Christina, who are we talking about today? Uh, today, Kate is going to very kindly... Uh, not, not enable, but uh, she's going to very kindly indulge me and let me talk about uh, my character, Ashley Adario, uh, late of the Lost Library Grayscale, uh, and and wrap up loose ends that she's got going on. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited. Lost Library, I'm a huge fan of Lost Library, so... I think it's probably fair to say that you are uh, the most devoted fan of the <laughs> Lost Library that I think any of us are aware of. That you have the gold, silver, and bronze medals. <laughs> oh well, thank you. <laughs> I'll send you your certificate later. Thank you. I'm. I will look forward to it in the mail. So, explain the setting for your OC. Okay. Um. Oh, before I forget, uh, if you are listening to this episode, uh, you should be warned that this is going to be extremely, extremely spoiler heavy for pretty much everything in the Lost Library Grayscale. Uh, I also should make it clear that I have actually not listened to all of Grayscale, uh, partially because just there's a lot of content there, uh, and so a lot of what I say is probably going to be spoilers for Grayscale, uh, and I also will be making uh, some conjectures based on stuff that uh, we had set up for Ashley that may or may not be true. Uh, depending on whatever happens with Grayscale in the future. So if I accidentally spoil something for the future, I'm sorry, but there's not a whole lot that I can do about it. <laughs> uh, but yes. So uh, for those of you who are maybe not familiar with Grayscale, uh, it is a campaign that Matt Hoadley ran on the Lost Library Network uh, using, the, using most of the Monster of the Week role-playing system. Uh, there were a few additions that were made uh, to the system, but most of it is Monster of the Week. Explain, like, the history of the OC. Where did Ashley come from? Okay, um, Ashley's history is that she was kind of, she was actually the first and really only character that I considered playing for the main game of Grayscale. Uh, back when we were coming up with character concepts, I was looking through the playbook And uh, also, full disclosure here, I'm not super big into watching a whole lot of Monster of the Week shows. The closest I've honestly come is, like, Power Rangers, which really isn't Monster of the Week. Uh, But, like, I've I've honestly never seen Buffy. I've never seen a Supernatural. I'm aware of them, but I've never seen them. Uh, So the class that stuck out the most to me when I was looking into character classes was the Mundane. Uh, Because... It is the, it's the class for the people who maybe aren't necessarily the most uh, well-equipped to specifically fight monsters, but they have other skills that are good for solving the problems. <laughs> uh, and so Ashley was really the, the first concept that I made when I was coming up with characters. I think I looked into a few others, and then I played those classes in test games that we did, uh, which might be another, another mini-episode at some point in the future. But uh, I remember distinctly that back when we were doing, back when we were starting character creation, I did a sketch of Ashley, or who would become Ashley when I was at work, 
and it was in January. And she honestly didn't uh, change, like, appearance-wise a whole lot uh, between that sketch and her, like, her final design. Yeah, and first of all, if you guys do a mini-episode about, like, your prequel characters, you know I would be all over that. Oh, by, by that I mean I talk about them on here. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I know that you would be on for that. We might have to make that uh, a future episode at some point. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm obsessed with that. That's awesome. So I, first of all, the mundane is a great class. I'm kind of obsessed with it for months. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and like, I I mean, it's so, I, I'm always, always been drawn to like, like the regular people. So like, I know you haven't mm-hmm. seen Buffy, but like, Xander from Buffy, if you're mm-hmm. like aware of who he is, or just I don't know. I think that that's such an interesting, um, like dynamic to have with like when you have your like cool monster fighter people with like angel powers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that's I love that's one of the reasons why I really liked Ashley, which because she felt like a regular person. Thank you. Um, uh, it's funny that you mentioned like the mundane because part of uh when i was making ashley this was after the adventure zone amnesty had started and uh part of my creating ashley was that i was kind of inspired by justin's character creation uh when he was making duck uh, because for those of you who are maybe not familiar uh duck is uh use duck uses the well he starts off using the playbook of the chosen but his character concept is that he's the chosen who doesn't want to be doing the chosen one type stuff. He he ignores every single call that is presented to him. And I was kind of inspired by that. And I was, uh, my idea was, well, I want to play the mundane, but what if, like, narratively, she functioned as the chosen? Which was where, uh, I think actually if you look on the Fifth Draw website in the Lost Library section, uh, she's still listed as being the mundane with an asterisk and an asterisk is because I had, I, I pitched to Matt the idea of like, what if Ashley is truly the mundane, but uh, the higher powers that be and people in control think that she's the chosen, which was how I kind of uh, bargained him into getting me into letting Ashley have uh, her magical transforming weapon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So speaking of the weapon, um, Let's kind of talk about, like, what Ashley looks like and kind of who she is a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Ashley is, she essentially looks kind of like your average high school jock. Uh, I think I described her fashion sense at one point as athleisure. <laughs> lots of, like, c- lots of comfortable athletic wear that, you know, a high schooler would wear when they have to be at school at seven o'clock in the morning or whatever um ashley's character like her most of her design has been pretty consistent from the beginning like she's almost always been kind of like a dark blonde with like hazel eyes uh but a lot of her specific fashion sense was uh helped uh was made with the help of my friend Alyssa henson uh who you can also actually hear on uh the on the Mompocalypse and Kringle Cross episodes that are available in the Lost Library feed. Because uh, we went to school together and she does fashion design. And so when I was making Ashley, I texted her. I said, I have 
I need help coming up with her outfit. Uh, and part of her, part of her specific fashion inspiration, uh, and also Ashley's inspiration as a whole character, uh, was, and this is something that I really wanted to develop over the course of Grayscale, like, drop hints about, uh, but Ashley's inspiration is She-Ra. Oh, yes! Like, uh, She-Ra classic? Oh my god. <laughs> because, Incredible. Because, uh, I will, uh, maybe I'll post, like, screenshots of it. When, we, when Alyssa and I were talking about creating Ashley's look, I, no joke, sent her a screenshot of Adora from the old TV series, that kind of like in the old in the old Shira, it's like a red onesie over a white turtleneck, and then like red like thigh high boots. But I was like, okay, she needs to be a high schooler though. <laughs> so can we make that high school age? And Alyssa very kindly helped me uh, helped me to uh, adapt that to be more high schooler age. Everything like, makes so much sense now. <laughs> oh yeah, and then uh, so I designed Ashley, uh, and I finished her character designs actually almost a year ago from when this episode comes out. It was like early April, and then in July they dropped the new Shira, uh, <sighs> the new Shira promo, and I texted Alyssa this picture. <laughs> yeah, like because I was I I watched the new Shira and I was like, mm-hmm. it looks a it looks a little familiar. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's because it was definitely uh, we definitely didn't steal from each other, but the inspirations were there and shared, and I was very happy that they aligned in such a way. Yeah, that looks like you got high school Adora spot on. I I am very happy for that. Uh, that's also part of where uh, Ashley's last name comes from, because uh, like like Adario is kind of I think it's something like Italian for beloved or something, and it's like there we go. There's the last name. That's so good. And the the fashion is not the only place where I drew where I directly stole from the old Shira TV series, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay, so but yeah, you had more to that question before I got diverted into the appearance part. Um, yeah, it was more. It, we kind of touched on it. It was like, where did she come from for you? Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, Grayscale has people who aren't teenagers. So like, what drew you to making Ashley a teen? Well, uh, part of it was that back when, back when we first started making characters, uh, by that point, at that point, the players didn't 100% know what kind of world we were going to be getting into. And, uh, and I have, I have, I have, I have, this will be a self-drag here. I have realized over the course of my tabletop role-playing career that I have a character type that I like to play. The same same as Alan likes to play his magical academic people who wear blue. <laughs> same same as Jake likes to play uh, his headstrong characters who usually tend to wear red. <laughs> same as Shannon likes her goths and Annie likes her dragons. I like to play people who are newer to a situation. Uh... Like, they're not necessarily, like, new to everything, but they're new to a specific part of the story. Uh, and so my idea was that I was going to play Ashley as the mundane, as someone who is new to monster hunting, but, but like, she's locked into Port Avalon. Not on, like, not on, like, a magical level, but, like, she's, but she's been in Port Avalon all her life. She knows, she knows the terrain, she knows the city, she knows the people, uh, and... 
to me, that was going to be really interesting, especially because by the time that I'd locked Ashley down as a character and as the class, I already knew that, like, Alan was going to be playing the the time travel exile. I knew that Joe was going to be playing some kind of, uh, some kind of foreign exchange teacher, that kind of a thing. And I was like, we need some normal people here. How about if I play a nice local teen? Yeah, and, like, that was something that I felt like was really strong about Ashley, was that she kind of acted as our insight sometimes into what what was going on really in Fort Avalon. Like mm-hmm. it felt like she was kind of discovering things as we were discovering things. And Thank you. that was really appealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh the whole like high schooler aspect is something that I did I did all like again personal drag here. When I create characters, I tend to overbuild for the backgrounds. <laughs> Uh, in this case, like, I built up a lot of stuff for Ashley behind the scenes. Like, I have names for uh, her entire field hockey team that she's on, including JV and Varsity. <laughs> I have come up with names for several of her classmates. Uh, I've got names for, like, her boyfriend, her boyfriend's parents, Ashley's parents, uh, obviously Ashley's aunt, uh, names for several of the teachers. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, at at one point, I even like again going. This is this is just Christina and how much uh, she loves organizing things and coming up with stuff. I also have made, and I think I still have it saved somewhere, an actual like chart of the uh of the Mallory High School field hockey team's win and loss record for over the course of Ashley's senior year. I have wow. I have her class schedule figured out. And I did actual research into what colleges she could attend. That is so good. I Yeah, I'm definitely also guilty of that, like, over-planning for a character. But mm-hmm. listen, it's just for me sometimes. Like, I just yeah. need that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Part of it was also that uh, since it's been a uh, real-world context here, uh, it's been several years since I was a high schooler, and I was never an athlete. So I wanted to be prepared in case I needed to do sports talk. Mm, yes. Uh, so I now know uh, I now know a weird amount of information about uh, field hockey rules and regulations for uh, the Pacific Northwest. Why did you pick field hockey? Um, I picked. I think I picked field hockey partially because uh, I knew that I wanted her to be an athlete. Because in general, when I'm creating, uh, when I'm like creating characters to play, I usually tend towards more of the caretaker role. Like, uh, like my Christina, my real life D and D class is cleric with a few levels in bard. Yeah. Uh, so playing a jock in any in some capacity was, uh, kind of my attempt to like break out of my comfort zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I figured on I figured I'd pick field hockey because it's like it's a it's a nice like it's an active sport. It comes with its own weapons like the field hockey stick. Uh and I figured that it would be adaptable enough and like a short enough season so that if Matt decided to make uh f- the field hockey season a story component at some point that it would have like a definite time frame for him to work around and not just like, hey, like, they're just going to be playing basketball forever. Because who knows how long that season goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but like, let's really get into who Ashley is. So like, just tell me, tell me about kind of her background. 
Okay, uh, where do you want me to start? Because <laughs> um, I got a lot in the chamber. <laughs> yes, let's let's do, let's go like really basic. Like let's talk about her family and like just kind of who she is as a person. Okay, um, Ashley's family. To start off, uh, this was never addressed in canon again because you know two episodes. Uh, but uh, Ashley's family. Uh, her main nuclear family is her brother Connor and her dad David and that's and that's it uh, because Ashley's mom left their family when she was nine mm-hmm. uh, Ashley has no idea why uh, I don't think that it's ever something that she would have really discussed with either her dad or her aunt Carrie and I figure her brother Connor was probably too young to remember. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think he would have been, like, somewhere between two to five when Ashley's mom left. But just, like, Ashley's mom left their family. She's gone. I have, I, Christina, have no idea where she is, what she's doing, if she's alive, if she's dead. Uh, because Ashley's just kind of, like, given up on her mom. Mm. Uh, which I like, I, which like in Ashley's backstory, like that's something where she actually like went to some therapy for it (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you know, like when parents leave, it's never a good, it's never a good thing. And sometimes it takes help to work through, especially if you're like a young kid and this happens. Uh, so she probably had like some anger issues growing up because of the whole mom leaving thing, but she did have some therapy and she got better about it. She still has unresolved mom issues, as I think are, as I think could be clearly evidenced with her interactions with Lori. Uh, Lori. Which is which is something else to talk about uh, later, which we can talk about later as well, but uh, yeah, part of Ashley's deal with Lori is that she doesn't she doesn't necessarily know if she wants to have a new like, a new mom, quote-unquote, yet. Uh, and Part of that is, like, that compensated for it by the fact that she has, uh, or at least I had intended for her to have a really strong relationship with her Aunt Carrie. Like, Aunt Carrie is Ashley's mom's sister. Mm. Uh, so, like, and she's, and after uh, her sister Ashley's mom left the family, uh, Aunt Carrie really, like, stepped up and helped David, Ashley's dad, raise Ashley and Connor. Not like not necessarily like being there in the house all the time, but you know, like giving rides, being there at uh being there at like big events and stuff, uh helping out with appointments, that kind of a thing. Uh probably probably helping Ashley's, you know, like puberty happened. Mm, yes. <laughs> and da- David is a good guy, but I never figured out how he would necessarily feel about, you know, giving his preteen daughter the talk. <laughs> so oh, no. yeah. So I figured that like since Ashley doesn't have her mom around, that she and Aunt Carrie are extremely close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not quite like mother and daughter, but like they're but like they're definitely really close. Especially with the whole monster stuff. Yes. So like even even in like the limited amount of time we saw Ashley, like that was something that was very clear. Um, that her Aunt Carrie was like a really strong role model for her where did that stem from for you like why why did you think that was important Um, for her well a part of that is part of having like well ashley having like a mentor figure was important for a couple of reasons um first off uh because i'm of the belief that 
everyone should have mentors that are ideally in a similar situation to you. Like if you're like if you're someone who is like if you're someone who's trans, it's important to have like other people you can talk to who are trans so that you can have that shared experience to pull from. Uh, like if you if you're if you're if you're someone who's been like abused, like it's important to be able to have people that you that you know have like similar experiences so you can like help each other through that kind of a thing. And so my my idea was like Ashley like Ashley needs to have like someone in her life who can help her in that way. And part of it was also that uh when we were building Ash well when I was building Ashley, Matt said that I should have a a mentor figure at some point to help introduce her to monster hunting and I was like, "Okay, Aunt Carrie." Uh mm-hmm. and the remaining part of it is that when I was making Aunt Carrie, uh, this was probably around, this was also probably early January of 2018, and I was like, you know what? Ashley's aunt is just going to literally be Carrie Fisher, but in Monster of the Week. So, oh my god. Yeah, I don't think I ever posted character art for Aunt Carrie, but she's literally just uh, Carrie Fisher, slightly more athletic with more guns. Wow. <laughs> like Like military guns, not like not muscular guns because you know she is she is not necessarily combat oriented but yeah she's literally just uh carrie fisher i love that that is so good Mm -hmm. oh my gosh okay um so let's kind of talk let's get into like ashley's story a little bit yeah shoot we okay this is addressed on the podcast but i feel like we should also address it here um how did okay so this is a it's a monster hunting campaign how did ashley get into monster hunting um the the monster hunting that the little monster hunting that ashley did um part of it was inspired because uh i think i don't know if this actually ever came up in the show but uh the connection between ashley and owen was that uh when ashley was uh Ashley was staying late after school for a meeting at some point uh and I guess she stayed there too late and uh she was kind of attacked by Grizz uh when he because uh if any of you remember uh back in January of 2018 there was a big super duper blood moon yes and so uh that was when Ashley was kind of uh was kind of attacked not harmed thankfully uh thanks to Owen uh, and so she be- she was aware of it at that she became aware of the supernatural at that point, but she didn't really do any like monster hunting uh, until uh, Aunt Carrie gave her her weapon. Um, and I figured that she probably had talked with Owen, or she probably had talked with Aunt Carrie about the about the attack at some point uh, after it had happened. Uh, but between when that had happened. And when she got her weapon. Let's talk about her weapon. Can you describe oh, it for me? Before I forget, uh, fun fact, Grizz, uh, Grizz Lord is literally just Grizzlore from She-Ra. The oh. Old, the, 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 like, the super hairy guy from the old yeah, shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the one who is, uh, probably the, probably the nicest out of, uh, out of Hordax minions. And he's literally just a big beast man. A big guy covered in fur. I'm so mad that I didn't put that together. <laughs> it's okay. I, I when I was naming him, I very deliberately was like, "Let's name him Grizz Lord." <laughs> and I think his actual first name, Robert, is the name of the guy who was voice acting Grizzlor. 
Oh my gosh. I spent a lot of time on the She-Ra character and cast page. <laughs> I'm thrilled by this. I feel like I have to go reevaluate all of Ashley now. <laughs> it, it, it gets better. I'll, I can give you a full rundown of the cast later. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, but yes, Ashley's weapon. What were you wanting to ask me in particular about the weapon? Just anything? <laughs> Just describe it and then we can kind of like get into okay. its details. Um, the Ashley's weapon to start off with, uh, it's essentially like a field hockey stick, but with like more magical stuff to it. I think in the first stage it had kind of like a metallic edge to it. Uh, and it was meant to have four different stages of Excuse me, it was meant to have four different stages of evolution, uh, which was also partially something just for me, because one of my favorite manga growing up was Magic Knight Ray Earth, and so I love me a transforming weapon. Yes. Uh, so I uh, so I designed the four different stages for Ashley's weapon, and the idea was that uh, the idea was that like as she cont- as she like progressed in her monster hunting, as she grew her skills or whatever, that this weapon would then, like, grow to be more effective as she became more effective. Like, it would gain extra damage ratings, it would gain extra tags, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I figured that that would just... I figured the actual, like, evolution of it would be handled as needed within the plot. Um, and because I based uh, Ash... And because the final evolution was going to be, like... It was going to have kind of, like, a blue gem in the center of the hilt... And it was going to have, like, a full... It was going to have, like, a curved sword edge on it. I'll probably also post art for that, too. Um, But it was going to be kind of like a curved blade with a blue gem in the center of it. Uh, So it was also going to be similar to uh, original Adora's sword from the original She-Ra. Yes. Uh, And I I was debating on, like, what material it was going to be made out of until I... uh, Until my friend Alyssa also got me on to the Mountain Goats and I found their song White Cedar. So I was like, okay, her her weapon is going to be made out of cedar. (laughs) And I mentioned that, like, like her, like, the gem was supposed to be blue. Like, like this whole thing was supposed to be, like, blue and cream. And then Matt decided that uh, he was going to connect Ashley's weapon uh, to the King in Yellow or whatever the big bad is. Uh, And so he made it yellow instead. Yeah, so first of all, I you sent me the playlist for Ashley, which mm-hmm. very good. I was very impressed. Um, Thank you. Uh, that I will also post that episode, not that episode, that uh, playlist, like when this episode comes out. Yeah, I it had some real good teen <coughs> uh, teen jams on there. So yeah, I, uh, when I was making the playlist, I actually no joke texted uh, my. Uh, I texted my cousin, who is 18, and I said, what are some, what's some stuff you, like, you and your friends listen to? <laughs> but I got some good suggestions from her for that. Yeah, well, it made a really good playlist, and, like, I'm a really big Mountain Goats fan, so when I saw White Cedar on there, I was like, oh, man. But yeah, uh, I had a hard time, I had a really hard time paring down Ashley's playlist. I have another... <laughs> playlist that's just all of the songs that I was going to pull from uh but the ones that like for the mountain goats that really stood out to me were uh we do it different on the west coast and then white cedar Uh, especially white cedar because back when I was doing those uh those like a grayscale aesthetic edits I was calling it with like the stock photos or whatever uh the one lyric that really like stuck it to me as an Ashley song was you can't tell me what my spirit tells me isn't true can you and part of that was part of that was me being 
a little bit suspicious of maybe where the campaign was going to go, because I think I picked out that song pretty early on in the campaign. Uh, but it's also just a really good line. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, and it's, and like, you guys could listen to the song, but like, it's got this really gorgeous, like, kind of sad, soaring horn line mm-hmm. that I was just like, imagining Ashley like standing on the coast of Port Avalon her like blonde ponytail like <laughs> she's having her like emo moment and she's like looking at her or her hockey her field hockey stick and I'm like oh yep it was so good I was well, very excited you. okay so um continuing kind of like into Ashley's story um you mentioned I think that Ashley has a boyfriend and yeah we didn't really get into that on Grayscale, but I did want yeah. to kind of hear about him. Yeah, um, I didn't have I didn't have a whole lot developed uh, for Ashley's boyfriend. Uh, his name was Ryan. Uh, I think I had it spelled with an I, because you know, kids these days, their parents will name them anything. <laughs> um, but my my idea for Ryan was that like he's just this like he's just this good hearted teen, you know, like awkward because you know high school boy uh but that he's but that like he and ashley are just really supportive of each other uh since the store since grayscale started when ashley was a junior by that point they've been dating for maybe like maybe around a year or something like that uh but just that he's just a really nice guy uh he's involved in their high school's journalism club so like helping out with like school broadcasts and announcements that kind of a thing uh i feel like if there's anyone in the cast that's like aware of the mcelroys it's probably him uh but just that he's but just that they're they're a good they're a good supportive teen relationship that's awesome so do you first of all i now love ryan because i'm also going to school for journalism so very good um Mm -hmm. Did Ryan know about Ashley's monster hunting? I don't think it ever had gotten... I don't think it ever got addressed uh, in... I don't think it ever got addressed in canon. I would have really loved for it to be addressed in canon. Mm -hmm. For Ashley at some point to have gotten to have that conversation with, like, her dad. And maybe, like, her... Maybe, like, her field hockey coach, who's her other big uh, female mentor in her life. Mm -hmm. Um... And like get to talk with Ryan about it. I I imagine he probably would have been maybe like a little bit, a little bit like offended, just like this was happening to you all this time and you didn't tell me about it, which is understandable when you know your significant other is uh, participating in something that you weren't aware of. But I imagine I like to think that he would be like he'd be like supportive and stuff of Ashley as she would do stuff. But that was a conversation that never really got to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you told me that you had a lot of, like, Ashley's, like, school life fleshed out. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, part of Ashley's, uh, part of Ashley's thing is that, like, I mentioned, uh, at the beginning of the episode, like, she is, like, she is locked into Port Avalon. Like, she doesn't, she's not necessarily going to stay in Port Avalon, but, like, she knows Port Avalon. Part of that is that she's, like, really involved with school and stuff. Like, she's a member of the National Honor Society. Uh, she's she's an honors jock, so she's taking, like, AP classes and stuff. Uh, she's on the field hockey team. Uh, 
Uh, and she's been on the field hockey team for a while. And I think I also had her doing like track and field in the springtime. Just because sometimes there's some weird laws with like high school sporting associations where you have to be involved in sports both semesters of high school to be able to like qualify for scholarships or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so she uh, she was like she definitely had like a lot of classes that she enjoyed. Um, I kind of wanted I was wanting her to go. Well, not I was wanting uh, her her interest in school was a lot of like like, the social sciences thing, and I kind of envisioned her going to school and getting her degree in, like, counseling. Uh, part of that is because my, like, my own mom, uh, worked for several years as a counselor to elementary school kids, and I think that Ashley, uh, since Ashley had to go through some therapy when she was growing up, uh, and it helped her a lot, I think, and she's also the kind of person who helps people, (laughs) So I was like, you know what, like, that'd be a good fit for her. Like, go be a counselor, go help people, go talk to people, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I love that, too, because, like, that, I, I could see how that would play into her relationship with Owen, you know, him being also, like, in that counseling position. So mm-hmm. that that really tracks for Ashley, I think. Yeah, I think I also tried to, like, have that come across in the third episode, so Ashley's first narr- like real narrative episode when she was talking with uh, the werewolves after the whole uh, after the whole fiasco went down because like yes it was definitely a lot of rambling but also she's a high schooler and she's trying to help gosh dang it <laughs> oh we love Ashley <laughs> we do yeah <laughs> so okay let's so we mentioned Lori a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's talk about who she is and then we'll get into some of the, like, player mechanics behind Lori a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, like, where were you wanting to talk, to go in, like, particular with this? Just, like, how, how you guys, how you and Melissa, like, kind of worked together to, like, create that story for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so real life context here, uh, Melissa and I are friends in real life. Uh, we met because we both enjoy the podcast uh, Pokemon World Tour United, mm-hmm. and we were talking on Twitter, and then it's like, oh, hey, we're from the same town, let's hang out. And then we we actually missed seeing each other at a con, but then we got to hang out a couple of times, and we were friends in real life, uh, which was great because at one point she came over for a convention, and I was telling her about great about what was going to be Grayscale. And then I had, I had asked her, like, would you be interested in being a player on this? And she said, sure. And I think partially because we know each other in real life, we were like, let's have our characters have some history together. And part of Monster of the Week is that when you're, when you're doing character setup, you're supposed to come up with, like, history between the player characters. And because we have, because Grayscale started out with ten players, uh, that's a lot of history to have. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the options, uh, either in Laurie's character class or in Ashley's, was like, was like, was like an X or something. And I think it was Melissa who came up with the idea of Laurie dating Ashley's dad, which I w- which I think everyone, including and especially us, were immediately there for. Yes. Uh, because it's it's a really good it's a really good character dynamic and it's one that I would have absolutely 
loved to have gotten to do more with because Mm -hmm. uh even in uh because uh again parting the komodo a little bit here um because we didn't get to do as much character interaction as we wanted to do during the episodes um melissa and i actually recorded a meanwhile uh so in uh outside of lost library speak uh, essentially a one-off episode featuring just our characters having some character development between the two of them. Uh, and in this meanwhile, uh, Laurie and Ashley uh, went on a college visit to the University of Oregon at Eugene. And they got to do, they, ha- they got to have a lot of good interactions. Like Laurie got, to, or Ashley got to learn more about Laurie's backstory. Uh, Ashley realized that she'd been kind of a tool and, uh, then decided that she was going to try to be better at it. Uh, she progressed to sitting in the front seat of Laurie's truck instead of in the cab, or instead of sitting in the bed in the back. <laughs> um, but I would have, I would have really loved to have gotten to to see where their relationship could have gone. Uh, I would have loved for it to have eventually become like a comfortable, like kind of familial relationship. Like, yes, like you're definitely not my mom but we're on good terms with each other and I'm comfortable like coming to you with questions and problems and stuff. And I know that you're not going to press or be awkward about it. That is so like great to hear because Lori and Ashley's dynamic was definitely one of my favorites in the show. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was so different than like everyone else's whole deal. And I just thought that like, that was such an interesting way to connect your guys' characters. Thank you. I, I was thinking about it on my drive home today and I was like, I feel like that's act. I feel like the relationship between Laurie and Ashley actually started off as maybe the most antagonistic among the ten characters who started Grayscale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you know, like there might have been some some conflict between other characters, but like Ashley and Laurie were the only ones who started this actively disliking. Well, Ashley actively disliked Laurie, <laughs> but you know, teens. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine Lori, like, having an actively antagonistic relationship with anyone because she's just, like, such a loving person. So, I, th- I think I can. Yeah, I can. I mean, I guess I can see, like, the mama bear aspect a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that that's about the only, uh, that's about the only context in which I think I could really see Lori getting angry at someone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, in general, she, but... Part of that is just because, in general, she's just such a good person. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lori. Fingers crossed for her. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we mentioned a little bit of, like, we talked about Aunt Carrie and we talked about Lori a little bit. Um, but you you said that, like, her field, or Ashley's field hockey coach, was also, like, a really major, um, like, influence in her life. Mm-hmm. What, what... I, we talked about, like, why, what drew you to field hockey, but, like, why did you pick, um, why did you pick a coach like that to be as influential as Ashley? Um, part of it is because, like, uh, drawing from my own experiences, I wasn't, in, when I was in high school, I, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not an athlete, I have never been an athlete, uh, but I did, but I did choir all through high school, and, uh, I would, and I have, I would say I have, uh, I still have a pretty good relationship with my high school choir director, uh, partially because like doing, doing community activities like that is, 
it's it's obviously like a really good way to like build bonds with each other. Um, but again, like trying to make sure that like Ashley has some has like health has like healthy adults that she could turn to if she needed advice for stuff was really important to me. And uh, also her uh, her field hockey coach was also the teacher for the AP Psych class. And that coach's name is Noelle Bright, because I named her after Noelle Stevenson, who is the showrunner for the new She-Ra series, and also Light Hope, who is the big good in the, who is like the big good in the She-Ra series, I think. I don't think she was ever actually named in, in Grayscale, so it's more like, hey, I'm just going to name all the characters that I came up with and never got to actually address. <laughs> that honestly, like, warms my heart, because I... I'm super into like the like naming naming connections and like what that means for everybody and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um part of the whole like part of why I was so determined that Ashley have like adults that she could go to that were um that were going to be reliable and like safe for her was because uh when when we were when I was creating Ashley and when I had pitched the idea of her being like the decoy chosen or the unchosen to Matt, uh, he was asking, like, what are, like, would you rather have Ashley be connected to some kind of magical cult or just, like, a group that's focused on just achieving their own aims or technology or any kind of a thing? And I don't remember what I told him for that response, but I do remember that I was, like, that I was dedicated to the idea of, like, you can generally have your pick of who you want to be involved in this shadowy group that's trying to control Ashley to affect the things that are going on in Grayscale and Port Avalon. But here are the people that you cannot touch with this. You cannot touch her dad, her brother, her Aunt Carrie, uh, her field hockey coach. Like, you can, you can have her boyfriend's parents, but you can't have her boyfriend. Like, you can have any of the other teachers at the school except for her field hockey coach because like that's something that honestly bugs me sometimes in narratives is when is when the teens are doing something and when and when and when no one listens to the teenagers or they don't have anyone they can turn to for help and i was determined not to let that happen with ashley <laughs> yeah i love that because that is definitely something that happens a frustratingly amount of time of the time yeah yeah. Okay, so we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but like, what are what are some of like Ashley's main plot points that you're really into for her? Um, in general, are like things that I are you extending it as well to like things that I would have liked to have had happen at some point? Yeah, things that you would you would have liked things that you would have liked to see Ashley like do and accomplish and stuff. Okay. Um. Well. It- I think my, I would argue that my favorite, uh, my favorite plot point that I, some of the favorite things I had happen with Ashley is that I enjoyed the, like, opening scene she had with Aunt Carrie, uh, when Ashley was, like, just, like, very tacitly, like, yes, like, I, like, I don't know what's going on here, I don't know how much you can tell me, but I still trust you, Aunt Carrie, because, like, that, that's really important to me, and, uh, getting to do, getting to kind of be the, unintentional focus of the of the balconies in the moonlight episode or the whatever the third one was called Mm -hmm. uh and getting to help getting to help save november and the werewolves unintentionally with ashley's weapon just because she was trying to protect people and talk down the villain 
like that was that was really that's really important to me. <laughs> um, I mean, it was important enough that I did an illustration for it, which I think is still in my pinned mm-hmm. tweet on my personal Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as stuff that I would have liked to have had happen with Ashley, um, I would have. I really want, like I said, I really wanted to uh, get to develop Ashley's relationship with Laurie more, uh, to be able to get to that point of like comfortable familiarity and almost familial, like almost a, almost a familial state. I would have, and uh, as far as like plot goes, I really wanted Ashley to get to a point where it's like, I think she would have been an interesting person to have be like the linchpin of okay, so do we tell Port Avalon or not? And I I think she would have definitely been in favor of telling Port Avalon about really? everything. Yeah, just because, like, even even in her own interactions that she had with people, a lot of the stuff she had was, like, she still didn't get to meet all of the ten. Like, she oh never got gosh. to have it. Yeah. She, she never got to have any interactions with Minnie, which would have been really <gasps> fun to play. She never got to have any interactions with Aisha. That, like, breaks my heart. I would have loved to see her interact with the other teens more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, like, getting to interact with them in a situation that wasn't, that wasn't, say, uh, an, a terrorist attack at a high school graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. Getting to interact in those less stressful situations would have been, I feel like, a really good point of, like, character development and interaction between her and the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um... As far as, like, plot goes, um, I really wanted to figure out what the deal was with Ashley's weapon, which, uh, according to my Christina's theory, uh, again, this is not, this is something that may or may not be true depending on, uh, what has happened in Grayscale or what the rest of, or whatever happens in Grayscale next or what has happened or whatever Matt's got going on in his head. This is just my conjecture. Uh, but it is my belief that Ashley's weapon is connected to the big bad of the, to whatever the big bad of the series is. The King in Yellow, Carcosa, all of that mess. Uh, and specifically that Ashley's weapon is linked to the true chosen, uh, uh, the, the true chosen who is, uh, I, who was, I think, at one point seen being chained between Pillars and Carcosa, and my theory was that her power was being used to affect Port Avalon's plane. But part of it is that I also wanted to uh, get to, like, develop Ashley's connection with her weapon. Like, when I ma- when I came up with it, I was really hoping that we get to be, like, let her tap into a source of ideally benign magical power and get to put her on more of an even footing with the characters who, you know, can do magic. In so, whether through whatever means possible or have, you know, a knife given to them by an angel or that kind of a thing. Um, but once I started getting the inklings of there being like a connection between Ashley and the, and the true, and like the true chosen, uh, I think I had pitched to Matt at one point that I wanted to do like, like a kingdom hearts style deep dive, like have Ashley be like meditating on her weapon or something. And then let her like, talk to the true chosen or whatever like use that connection to like try and save her and actually also do that oh yeah that's awesome thank you uh 
But part of it was that, like, part of it was because I had, like, I had exactly one scenario in which I would allow Ashley to die, which was that, or assuming that there is still a true Chosen, that she is linked to Ashley, and that she could be reached and saved. Like, my, the only situation in which I would have let Ashley die would have been if it was in the act of trying to save the Chosen from her situation. Like, wow. like open a portal and, like, pull her out of it or whatever. Like, save her from the situation. Because I feel like one of Ashley's strongest traits is her empathy. And, like, if she knew that someone was, like, being held captive by an eldritch force against her will, uh, I don't think Ashley would be content to sit that, to, like, sit that out and let that go by and happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... That was, I think that that's a super, like, insightful aspect of her character because, like, that was something that I was going to ask was that if you, because, like, it was, you know, Monster of the Week is not a kind game to its players always. Like, if you had imagined, you know, if Ashley were to meet an untimely end, like, what that would have been. So that's, I am super here for that theory, especially because, like, I love a sentient weapon. That is so fun. If you were going to give, like, your sentient weapon some personality traits, what do you think those would be? Like, just for fun. Um, specifically give Ashley's weapon sentient personality traits? Yeah. Um, I think it would have been fun to have it be kind of, like, exasperated. Like, exasperatedly helping. Like, yes, I get it. Like, that kind of, like, okay, like, we're doing this again. We're going to fight these... We're gonna fight these weird digit monsters again. These puppets of these fingers of Carcosa or whatever they are. Uh, we're gonna fight them again. Okay, can we fight something new, please? That that kind of a thing. Um, something that I also wanted to do with her weapon at some point was that depending on what level of sentience it reached, I wanted to be able to like introduce it to the other players, as in like. Hey, because I think it was brought up in the graduation episode that uh, it's that like there are certain people that it likes and doesn't like, and so I thought it would have been really neat to get to like introduce like introduce them to the weapon like and tell Ashley's weapon like like this is someone that you do not hurt. This is an ally. You do not hurt them. That kind of a thing. It never ended up happening, and I'm glad that it didn't because of that uh, connection that never got solved. But uh, that would have been neat to get to do. <laughs> yeah, that's I. I am I really like weapons that are kind of like begrudging about like. I guess we'll fight these people today. I guess I'll do my dog. Mm-hmm. So that's I love that. That's like a fun source of conflict because especially you know, it's pretty rare that we get like a sentient weapon like that. So that was a really exciting plot point for me when we kind of got taste of that with Ashley. Okay, um, so you mentioned this a little bit, but what would be Ashley's Pokemon team? I actually have that. I have the sheet of paper which I have it written on. I have uh, I have Pokemon for all of the ten and also for Milo, my son. Wow, I'm so excited. And uh, this is the Pokemon team for uh, that's a Pokemon team for True Milo. Um, but Ashley's Pokemon team, as I have established, I think I also put up art about this on Instagram. Uh, Ashley's Pokemon team is her starter, which is an Oshawott. 
the little blue otter guy, water type, because I figured there's otters in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and also, I feel like it'd be a good one to start out with. Um, and then she has a she has a furfru, uh, which okay. is kind of like uh, it's kind of like a poodle. It's a normal type. And I have a fur, she has a furfru because this never got brought up in canon. But their family has an old retired greyhound uh, whose name is Wendy. And so it's like, Furfru is arguably the Pokemon that's closest to a greyhound, so she'll have a Furfru. Uh, she also has a Ponyta uh, oh, to tie yay. in, partially because what, what, what little girl doesn't want a horse? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and also, again, to tie in to Swiftwind from She-Ra. <laughs> Oh, yes! Because Rapidash is the unicorn. <laughs> and Mega Rapidash should be an alicorn and no one can tell me otherwise. <laughs> uh, and then her final Pokemon on her team was going to be kind of like her legendary partner, uh, which was going to be Alatias. Because it's also friendly and it has the color scheme of red and white. Yes, uh. Which, which made it really cool when, actually, about a month ago, I was able to catch a shiny Latias oh, in Pokemon nice. Go, and I named her Ashley, and she is very good. That is incredible. <laughs> it's very good. But yeah, so that's her Pokemon team. Um, What would you say is Ashley's Hogwarts house? Uh, she is definitely a Hufflepuff. Okay. I debated making her a Gryffindor. Because, uh, I mean, there are some parts of, I mean, like, yes, she, she is, you know, she is a jock and she is arguably one of the more physical combat oriented of the 10 characters who started Grayscale. Uh, but she cares about people too much to, she, she's too much, like I said, she's going to be a counselor and there's not a whole lot of counseling going on in Gryffindor. That's more of the Hufflepuff domain. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. I, I was definitely of the mind that she was either Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. But, like, having having talked about her counseling dreams, that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, why do you love Ashley so much? <laughs> I love Ashley so much because I want, because, uh, partially because I put a lot of effort into making her, and, uh, I put a lot of effort in making her, and I would have really loved to have been able to continue building her to a point where she was able to, where I was able to, like, do everything with her that I wanted to do with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, like, get to play her to the, full ex- to the fullest extent of her character. Um, but I also really like Ashley because she's maybe the character that I've invested the most in emotionally to this point. Um, because, like... She's had she's had a lot of stuff go on in her life, but she's someone who continues to be good and continues to try to do the best that she can, even when that involves having to fight some uh, some interdimensional eldritch beings that are possessing werewolves uh, and having to mediate weird family arguments, <laughs> even when that involves uh, having to deal with terrorist attacks and uh, having to uh, and having to beat up an incel in his basement uh but like no but like even through all of that like she never like stops caring about people and she's just a good kid she is a good good team and i also love her a lot (laughs) (laughs) i'm very glad that you also love her a lot okay i think those are all of my questions awesome 
Um, Do you have anything else that you wanted to add about Ashley? Oh, uh, yes, I did want, since, um, like I said, I haven't listened to the last, uh, for now, maybe, I don't know, uh, episode of Grayscale, uh, I don't know what Matt did with Ashley, since it sounds like there's going to be some rebooting going on, Mm -hmm. um, but my personal headcanon for Ashley is that, uh, is that she survives the events of all of this, uh, supernatural, uh, extra planar shenanigans that are going on in Port Avalon. She survives, uh, she goes off to college somewhere, uh, she does end up becoming a counselor at some point, maybe a family counselor, uh, at some point maybe she gets married, probably has at least, well, probably has at least one kid through some means, maybe adoption, maybe naturally, uh, and that she just continues to be a good person and help people. And that, like, by that point, you know, like, she's, ex- like, she's, by that point, she's accepted Laurie. Maybe Ashley, maybe Ashley's dad and Laurie are married by that point. Uh, but just, like, she gets, but, like, she goes off and she lives her life and she is happy and she is safe. And she is happy. And no one can tell me otherwise. Yay. That's so wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the last part. That's that's it for Ashley. This is this oh. is me. This is me. I guess this is me laying her to rest. But in like a happy, safe way. <laughs> yes, in a happy and safe way. This is me giving Ashley the closure that she deserves. Uh, so I don't know whether I should be thanking you or uh, actually no. Yes, I will thank you, Kate. Thank you for being the guest host on this episode of Wayward. I appreciated it a lot. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been super excited to do it. It was super fun. I'm very glad that you had a good time. Um, so where are where do you want to be found on the internet? Where can people find you? Um, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Tea with Dragons if you want to see me shout about podcasts or live tweet other Lost Library stuff. Share um, good pictures of your cat. Yes. Oh, she's the cutest. I love her to death. She's very cute. Um, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. The Home for Rewrite of Seas is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. As well as probably other places because uh, we're now being hosted through Pippa and I haven't checked to see where they distribute to. Um, our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. Uh, and I do have... Uh, I do have the next couple of months uh, filled up with guests, but if you're interested in being on the show, or if you know someone else who is, uh, feel free to send me a line if you're interested in being on the show, and we can talk about getting you a spot. Uh, And as with all podcasts, it is always and will forever be super helpful uh, if you can subscribe to us on your listening platform of choice, because it helps us to find more guests and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been Home for Widow Seas, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Oh my gosh. Do you listen to I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats? Yes. New Did you see season, the trailer? New season, I know. New season, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Hey everybody, I'm Jake. I'm Josh. I'm Shannon. And I'm Alan. And we're the Cool Kids Table, a RPG podcast about shitty teens. 
and magical girls and really bad D&D heroes and just any other stuff we can get our hands on and our D&D heroes aren't that bad we didn't actually plan what to say for this so I hope you're into people flying by the seat of their pants and just incapable of playing game systems correctly and bad puns wonderful puns so you can get all this and more every other Sunday over at the cool kids table and And you you can can sit sit with with us. us